the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A couple of minutes before 4 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, I'm Bob Lapine. There was something uh, very significant that happened this morning, and I had a chance. I, I was able to catch a lot of this. I don't know if, if you heard this. We're going to talk more about this later in the hour, but uh, oral arguments were presented this morning in a Supreme Court case that may be, well, it, it may be, undo uh, Roe versus Wade and abortion law in our country. Uh, again, we'll get into more of this later on, but it was it was a significant, um, I, I think it was about 90 minutes, maybe two hours, as the Supreme Court justices heard from opposing attorneys arguing a Mississippi law related to um, abortion restrictions, abortion regulation, the state of Mississippi has passed a law that prohibits abortion after 15 weeks of gestation. Actually, they've actually they've come back now and and uh, accelerated that. It's now I think it's six weeks a new law, but the one that, that the Supreme Court is considering is is 15 weeks of gestation, no abortions after that, and the state of Mississippi being sued. Uh, for that by abortion rights advocates who are saying that um, this is not right or proper. And so this is up before the Supreme Court. And they heard oral arguments this morning, attorneys from both sides making their cases, the Supreme Court justices asking questions. And in the asking of their questions and the pressing that these justices made, you get some sense of where the justices may come down in their uh, in their ruling. So all of this happened this morning. Later this hour, we're going to talk to Brad Mattis about uh, the, the justices, about the arguments, what went on and what we can expect. But there have been a lot of pro-life organizations, uh, some California attorneys who were present uh, there today as a part of the, the proceedings, a lot of amicus briefs that were filed, a lot of people praying, fasting, asking God to uh, to begin to undo what has been 50 years of, of precedent in our country. And, and what, we, what we need to recognize is that if the Supreme Court rules with the state of Mississippi that restrictions on abortion are okay, if they begin to unravel or if they completely undo Roe versus Wade, which is possible, if that's done, that doesn't mean that abortion is now over in the United States. It means it goes back to the states. It means that in California, most likely, there will still be uh, abortion um, w- without restriction because that's the way uh, they, the legislators in California uh, that's the way they lean. That's what they're going to advocate for. We've seen that happen 
with uh, with what's going on in in New York and in other states. So again, we'll talk more about that later this hour. But I, earlier this week, I I think uh, some of you heard, or if you didn't hear it here, you you saw on social media the story of a uh, a guy from here in Southern California who went to a a film screening uh, and and watched the the latest movie from Dwayne Johnson, a movie called Red Notice that is on Netflix right now, and just went to see the film. And sure enough, Dwayne Johnson was there and called him out. And then, well, it, it's wild what happened. The, the, the guy who went is a guy named Oscar Rodriguez, uh, Coach O'Rod, who is a, he's a personal trainer uh, down in Culver City. And um, and and we, I think, I think we've got him. Oscar, are you are you with us? Are you here? Oh, I'm here, Bob. What's up, Coach? Good to have you on here this afternoon. So, so I want to go back. I want to hear this whole story because I've seen sure. I've seen what's online, but I want to go back. How did you even get to this advanced screening of Red Notice in the first place? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, a lot of people think it was I won it or it was a competition of some kind. Um, actually, you know, um, nobody knew what was going on when uh, we received an email from uh, their production company, uh, the Rocks production company. Uh, but we didn't really know that it was him or it was his group. And they were reaching out to our gym, asking if there was anybody in the, in the community that was uh, inspiring, motivating, and, uh, you know, living a healthy lifestyle kind of thing. And you know, they nominated a few people. They, you know, they nominated me, and I was like, "Sure, you know, I'll I'll reach out." You know, put my name in the hat. And so they contacted me, and they did a, an interview. And in the interview, that's where they found out about my history, my mom, and all these different things. You know, yeah, military. So let's talk about that. Out. Let's talk about your history because you're a Navy vet. How long were you in the Navy? I was in for four years. And what did you do? Aviation mechanic. All right, working on the squadron, and, and you're taking care of your mom, who's 75 years old. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're a personal yeah, trainer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so are are you pretty ripped? Uh, you know, <laughs> I work out. You know? I work out. Uh, you know, you got to be the product. You know, you got to be what people want to look like. So, I, I, I would, uh, I would never, not qualify. I could use your help, brother. I'm, pre- I'm telling you. <laughs> so I'm, that, I'm, and, I'm glad to help. And you're involved as well with um, providing meals and and help for women who have been involved in domestic violence. Tell me about that side of of what you do. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, so um, I rally, I rally uh, behind. Um, you know, the community here in Culver City, um, you know, there's different um, organizations that we work with. But, um, you know, during the time I was, uh, um, you know, regarding uh, Black Women of America, and yes. we uh, did uh, meals and uh, we did different um, fundraising. And uh, and that's not the only one. We also did uh, things for the orphanage down in Tijuana and We've done a lot of different things using the the gym as a as a rallying point to draw people in um, for for um, for these these uh, charitable events, you know. And so that's where you know people found out about this uh, 
um, it's because it's community service work that I've done because I just so, kind of rally up the whole gym. <laughs> so all of this, how can we give back? How can we help others? This whole mindset, which I know for you is anchored in uh, a belief in God, a faith in Christ. How did that, Yeah. where did that uh, come alive for you in your life? Tell us your story. Wow. Um, you know, that happened to me um, five years ago. You know, actually, December 3rd was the day. Um, it would be five years from December 3rd. You know, that's the day that I, uh, in 2016, that I gave my life to Christ, you know. Um, you know, I'd, I'd always been doing community service for a long time. You know, did the Navy, got out, um, wanted to change lives by being a personal trainer and help people, and then um, not really knowing that I needed my own personal, you know, life changed. And I'm just grateful for my relationship with Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, I feel like I was in a place where um, I, I, even though I was doing good in the world, I wasn't fulfilled. I had some griefs from my upbringing you know, past relationships and just, um, you know, being in the military, you know, I picked up some bad habits, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we drink, you kind of drink like a sailor, you know, yeah. uh, there's those, those old things. Um, but I'm grateful that, um, you know, when I became a Christian, uh, when I followed Jesus, um, he, uh, my entire life flipped upside down in a good way. And now, um, you know, I, I love doing good things, and I love helping the community, but it comes from a very full heart, you know? Um, I think back then, it was, and I was like, uh, I, I love doing the good work, but I was, it wasn't feeling me enough, you know? So now I feel full to do mm. the good work. Mm. And so I'm just grateful, because, you know, being a Christian really means the world to me. Um, and now, you know, <laughs> the rock notices, because... I'm a Christian at work, you know. Um, yeah. I go to work and I, I represent, you know, uh, good, you know, love, goodness, peace. I bring charitable, you know, uh, opportunities and I serve and, and I just do that in my life. And, um, and I don't, you know, ask for any accolades or, or anything. And, and it's just it's just what God calls us to do. And, and I'm it, just grateful did, that people are noticing. Did someone at the gym start talking to you and say, you need Jesus in your life? How'd that all happen? Yeah, you know, um, I was uh, I was at the time when I was in uh, several years ago. I was connecting with a um, group of people, you know, uh, you know, party goers, people that like to go out and you know and drink and you know be in the nightclub scenes yeah. and things like that. And you know, uh, I was also you know you know using drugs at the time, um, and all that kind of caught up to me. Uh, where, um, you know, I almost, <laughs> you know, I got arrested, actually. Um, and the arrest uh, came um, at my gym. And the reason why they arrested me was for possession. And I felt so embarrassed and so ashamed um, and so broken and hurt because of that, um, that, you know, I, you know, my, they, they ended up coming to my house, you know, the police officers and everybody came to my house. My mother found out, you know, she was heartbroken at the time. And, um, and I, it was just a really difficult time in my life. Um, I remember, um, not knowing what to do, uh, thinking about losing, you know, the gym that I owned down in San Diego, thinking about losing, um, 
you know, relationships. Um, and it was just my life. I, I, you know, I, I thought the things that I was doing was all good things, but deep down I was still kind of like in pain and I was just trying to medicate it, you know? Yep. And, um, and so the way I found God is actually a, a wild story. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I started seeking God through church cause you know, I grew up Catholic and, you know, I went to different churches and I tried to find God and, you know, honestly, I found God is, you know, you find church at church, you know, and God can be in church and spirit can be in church, but you know, um, God is, is beyond that. You know, you can't put God within walls, you know, he's yeah. beyond that. And so I remember I was having a hard time connecting to the different churches that I was going to because I was seeking something, you know, just seeking some peace. And I remember I, 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 I didn't find that peace. You know, I had a lawyer, My one of my lawyers was representing me in my case, um, was saying that, hey, you know, uh, you know get, get kind of giving me bad news, you know, kind of preparing me a little bit. Yeah. And I it, and it broke my heart. And I was just like, no, I don't want to do any, you know, jail time. I was, even though it was in a big, like, sentence, you know, I wasn't going to jail for a long time. It was just, it was just the fact that my freedoms were taken away and that I made these mistakes and I wasn't that guy. I wanted forgiveness even though I knew it was deserving of punishment, I broke down on my knees and I just started praying to God. And, and in that moment, um, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to open this Bible and I'm just going to read the first thing that I read after I pray to God, like, come to me, please, you know, save me. Um, I open the Bible and I read uh, Ephesians 2. And Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, was the, 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 the moment in my life that God, you know, entered my heart completely and and filled up everything that I had um, because in Ephesians 2 it clearly says in the very very beginning you know as for you you were dead in transgression and sins by the way you lived in the world following the rule of the kingdom of the spirit is now working those who are disobedient and so for me uh, when I read that I just <laughs> I was I felt like God you know shined a light on me you know you nailed like, me right the, the scripture nails you right there nailed me right there it just it just it just i felt like there you are you know yeah. uh, uh, this scripture was written thousands of years ago but here it is perfect timing for me because it's exactly what i felt dead and so after that it said all of us all of us also lived among them at, a, at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following the desires and thoughts like the rest who were by nature deserving of wrath so i felt like that's what was leading my life was just the, the, the search of pleasure, of gratification of my flesh, following my own desires, my own thoughts, you know, I never once considering what God wants, you know? Yep. And even though I, my mom did a great job raising me and I love my mom, I still had these pains and selfishness and pride that was really difficult for me to kind of get past, you know? And I, and I was, you know, I always did good work, you know, but it still was kind of hurting myself. Ultimately, after reading that, um, one of the scriptures here that really got to me was that, you know, God raised us up with Christ, seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And that just blew my mind, because it says, you know, it is by grace you have been saved, you know, through faith. And it's not by works, but no one can boast. Mm -hmm. And so that blew my mind that, you know, God, even though, you know, Oh, no, it says, I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. It said, because of his great love for us, God is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. 
even when we were dead in our transgressions. Yes. That's how I felt dead. He makes us alive. So I, in that moment, I, I, I broke down. I, I started crying and crying out to God. I knew he was real. I knew he was there. And I just needed him to change my life, you know, completely. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even want to recognize who I was. I just want to just be this righteous man um, walking on earth doing God's will. And so that night I prayed to God again to ask him to you know, change my life and to help me find a church and to help me stay connected and to help me find friends and help me find my way, you know? Hmm. And I was so motivated and so excited. I had hope that I decided to go on a, on a hike that very next morning. I didn't even sleep because I was reading the Bible all night for the first time, wow. which was amazing. And then I, I went up to the mountaintop to, to connect with God and to pray. And that, that same morning, to a Christian um, of the church that I go to now, um, that was in San Diego, here in L.A. Um, they, 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 uh, they, they saw me reading my Bible up in the mountaintop, <laughs> and they come up. They go, "Hey, are you reading your Bible?" I'm like, "Yeah." So, like, uh, you know, kind of like shocked that they they saw me because I wasn't <laughs> like in public view, I was hiding, you know. And uh, and they come over and they they share with me the, the best scripture that I've I, you know you've heard it many many times and um, you know this is the first time I heard it and it said you know God you know the messenger said to me you know Jeremiah twenty nine eleven you know yeah. for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you not to harm you plans to give you hope in the future hmm. and that was the moment that I said I will follow God to the ends of the earth <laughs> wherever. You want to take me, I will go. And I've been following God ever since, and it's led me here to Los Angeles. It's led me here to the church in the Westside Church. It's led me here to this great community. I brought my mom with me. My mom since become a Christian. She believes. She's a believer. Wow. Um, and, and now I, I'm not, I'm, I work on making faith-based films. And yeah, I, I, I want to ask you about that, because you're involved in this project, the, the David what is it, the David, the David Project? Project? Yeah, tell yeah. tell listeners about this movie you're working on. Oh yeah, the David Project. I love it. It's a, it's a contemporary retelling of the story of David. So we want to bring the story of David, and you know, we all love by biblical stories. And if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, you read those stories. They're amazing. They're impactful. But there's a lot of non-believers that don't only know about David is that. He, you know, he killed Goliath, and that's it. They don't know anything about, you know, anything else about his life. And David actually lived a really very up and down roller coaster yeah, life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. he was still, yeah, he was still, um, you know, um, God still says, you know, he was after his own heart, you know, right. And um, and so even though he went through that roller coaster with Bathsheba, Absalom, and all these different, you know, life, you know, Saul especially, <laughs> you know. Um, he stayed. He continued to pursue God's heart, and so we want to we want to show that on a contemporary way where people can relate to it from a, from a standpoint of now, and you know, change up maybe the, the scenery, change up the type of person. You know, we're using a lot of diverse characters, um, but still tell to keep the, the the story consistent with what you would read in the Bible. And right. I want we want people to come out with is to. You see this sort of film, see this web series, and go, "Wow, this is in the Bible! Like yeah. this story is amazing." <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, but yeah. Go read it. A little, little <laughs> hip hop vibe to David's life, right? 
Yeah, a little hip hop vibe, exactly. <laughs> uh, we have hip hop and and, uh, and uh, classical music, you know, infused, and we're still it. in the process of making it. And yeah, we love supporters. It's on ScreenlandEP.com. You'll find all the information about it, and uh, it's it's. It's, it's, it's something I never thought I would ever do, and here I am doing it for the glory of God, you know? That's great. Okay, so grateful. skip ahead. Skip ahead and take us to watching the movie uh, at the theater. Just This was yeah. last week, Red Notice. You go in. Did you know Rock was going to be there? You know, I didn't, I didn't quite know. <laughs> I, I, I assumed he would, but he, I saw him do um, videos where he greets the audience from, a, from like, a video instead of right. being there in person. So I didn't know if he was going to be there in person or not. But, um, man, was I blown away that he was there. You know, I was you, so excited. You, you watch the movie. He walks out at the end, and he says, hey, everybody, and you're excited just to be in the same room with him, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he says, exactly. I, I want to I want to introduce everybody to Oscar Rodriguez. And you're going, what? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I came in there with, with the, my expectation solo. Um you know, I didn't. I had. I had no idea what was going to happen. But the gentleman, um, you know, uh, well, not gentlemen, uh, the the people, they they sat me down, and they they took really good care of me. They put me in a, in a, in a good seat. They they had to. I skipped the line. They were really like, I was felt like a special guest. And even <laughs> though there was a bunch of other people there, I was like, I thought that was interesting. And so, uh, yeah, when the rock was finished, you know, doing his whole, uh, you know, welcome. He called my name and my heart sank because, you know, I'm a huge fan of the rock. And it's just like, wow, this is so cool. And after after he, you know, you probably saw the video after, he, you know, we talk in the theater. I actually go back to my seat. Everybody, Everybody's like getting ready to watch the movie and the rock leaves and he goes out the back. And that's when one of the producers comes and say, hey, DJ wants to talk to you. And so I go with them. You know, I go with them and follow them out, and I go out to the to the parking lot, and that's where it all went down. All these cameras, all these photographers, all these people, just standing around, just watching me walking up to the rock, and I'm just like, like I'm just in te- like not in tears in that moment. I'm in awe, you know, of the situation, not realizing that it's it's actually happening. I'm like thinking I'm in a surreal environment, you know, because what is happening. <laughs> you know? Did you have any sense of, like, why he wanted to connect with you out in the parking lot? No, my assumption was that he wanted to have, like, a uh, like a man-to-man, you know, like a right. little, like a side talk. Like, hey, you know, I just want to talk to you for a little bit. Like, just want to congratulate you without the, the public being there, you know. That's what I thought. And, but instead, but he was, hands you a note with your name on it and says, here, read this. Yeah, so before that, he actually, he gave me 500 $500 worth of his Project Rock gear. Then he gives me, which I thought was amazing, then he gives me a $1,000 gift card, which I'm like, yo, this wow. is incredible. And then he uh, he goes, hey, there's a card in my truck. Why don't you go over there and grab it? You know, I wrote it for you. And I was like, what? And I, and I see the card. I see my name on it. It's all so surreal because I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting a, a card from The Rock. What? Yeah, right. And so I opened the card, and I didn't want to, like, break it or anything, but... I opened it and, you know, yeah, and it said there, thank you for your service, brother. You know, I enjoy your new truck. And, man, I just started thinking about my life, <laughs> you know? Started thinking about, like, uh, you know, God's goodness, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all the the, the, the fighting, the, 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 the ups and downs. Uh, man, just, like, all the different things that, you know, and I just, and honestly, I, I, you know, 
Meeting the Rock, honestly, don't get me wrong, meeting the Rock is one of the biggest highlights of my life. But you know, obviously, you know, my baptism was is, is the number one moment in my life, apart from being born. You know. Yeah. Right. And 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 to see God's direction lead me to this point where now, you know, the the, the biggest celebrity in in our you know like in our in our age, now, right? Exactly. Our age. Lifting me up, you know, yep. <laughs> like here we are in Ephesians two. God, God is saying He's lifting us up into the heavenly realm, you know. So, God is lifting me up with Jesus, right? In spiritual, spiritual, uh, spiritually, and then now here in the physical, I'm being lifted up by the biggest man, uh, the biggest celebrity here on earth, you know. <laughs> I love the and, picture of you and everybody from the gym out in front of the gym you, with the hashtag, the people's truck. I love that. And you got everybody yeah. out in front. And uh, I'm oh, sure every day. Where, what, what is that? I have another picture I haven't posted. I have actually, um, I, have a, I have a picture with my church, my entire church. Oh, that's great. In front of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want to post that soon. The reason why I haven't posted is because I'm thinking about actually make, making it as a gift to The Rock. And, uh, oh, wow. So you can hang, you know, because wow. I really appreciate his generosity. I'm sure every day you get in and fire up that truck, you're just like, what? It, it's just like you still can't believe you're driving this truck. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, play, I'm playing Christian music in there, you know? So it's like, <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been Christian music in this truck, but there is now. I love yeah. it. Oscar, Coach O'Rod, thank you for uh, the time this afternoon and for telling us your story. And I, I just love how God used Ephesians two in your life to bring you to Himself. Uh, and uh, if folks want, if if folks need a personal trainer, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, just Instagram. You know, Coach underscore O'Rod. You know, and uh, you can find me there. Check uh, it out. That's the easiest way. If you can send me a message. Uh, you can also email me at oscargfit at gmail.com. There you go. Find me there too. Good yeah. plug. Brother, thanks for the time this afternoon, and thanks for sharing the story. And hey. Enjoy the truck, yeah, man. Yeah, you know what? I'm just going to say thank you so much for asking me all those questions, man. I'm just so honored and so grateful to be on your show. Thank you. Oh, glad to hear your story and, and to have you with us this afternoon. Appreciate it. That's Oscar Rodriguez, the uh, owner of the People's Truck now that uh, that uh, Dwayne Johnson gave him this past weekend. Great story. If you haven't seen it online, you can check it out. Just uh, just Google Dwayne Johnson's truck and it'll Oscar's story will pop up. You can see the whole thing. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about what happened this morning at the Supreme Court. Brad Mattis from Life uh, Issues Institute is going to join us for that. So we'll take a quick time out and be back with that. You're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA. Southern California Live on KKLA. Bob Lapine on a uh, Wednesday afternoon. It is 4.30 and uh, when... This morning, 9 to 11 uh, East Coast time, so 6 to 8 here in Southern California, the Supreme Court was hearing oral arguments in a case called Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, a case from Mississippi where a women's, uh, an, an abortion provider is suing the state. The state had passed a law restricting abortion in the state uh, to the first 15 weeks of life. 
And uh, the Women's Health Organization sued and said that goes against the Constitution because of Roe v. Wade. And according to the New York Times, the Supreme Court this morning appeared poised to uphold the Mississippi law that bans abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy based on the sometimes tense and heated questioning that took place in the arguments. A ruling like this would flatly be at odds with the central holdings of Roe v. Wade, the 1973 decision that established abortion and prohibited states from banning the procedure. It's been the law of the land for 50 years, but the majority of the court uh, appears divided at this point on whether to simply uphold the Mississippi law and say restriction on abortion like Mississippi has done, that's okay, or do they completely undo Roe v. Wade? But it's pretty clear to everyone who is a court watcher that based on the questioning that happened this morning, there will at least be a crack, if not a complete elimination of Roe versus Wade. Of course, we won't know that for a while. The court, after hearing oral arguments, takes a a long time to uh, issue its ruling. So it'll be a while before we know exactly what's going on. But I thought we should talk about this and get some perspective on it. And I'm glad to have uh, Brad Mattis joining us. Brad gives leadership to Life Issues Institute, one of the leading pro-life organizations here in the United States. And Brad's joining us. Brad, welcome to Southern California Live. Nice to have you on. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me on. And and tell listeners about Life Issues Institute and about the work you guys do. Oh, sure. Um, Life Issues Institute is dedicated to the pro-life educational aspects of abortion. One of the things that uh, we have done was we did for eight seasons a half-hour TV weekly program that picked up three Emmy Awards, if you can believe that, for pro-life programming. Uh, Another thing uh, we do is I host a daily radio commentary called Life Issues. We're on about uh, 1,200 outlets across the country reaching 18 million people a week. So our, our goal is to provide educational resources and tools for the pro-life movement and the public at large. And you were paying careful attention this morning, in fact, leading up to this morning, calling for prayer and for all of us to to ask God to intervene in, in uh, the Supreme Court uh, chambers this morning. As you listened to, uh, to what was going on, did you sense that uh, the justices seem to they seem to be aware of the fact that Roe was bad law when it was when it was settled back in '73? Well, Bob, uh, we have a ringside seat at history in the making, I believe, and I think today was a red letter day for unborn babies and their parents. Um, judging based upon uh, previous writings from the, the justices and the oral arguments today, I believe we have six votes to uphold Mississippi's law protecting babies once they reach the age of 14 weeks in the womb. The big question, as you mentioned, is will they reverse Roe v. Wade? And um, I am cautiously optimistic that we have five votes to do that. Um, Alito, for instance, um, 
made some comments. Uh, he said the fetus has an interest in having a life, mm. which is pretty cool. <laughs> and um, he had previously bucked stare decisis, which is precedent on the Supreme Court, uh, to support a ban on partial birth abortion, which is literally aborting the baby during delivery. Kavanaugh, who is new to the court, and we have had some questions about him, boy, he was wonderful today because um, he kept referring to the other side that says that the court should be scrupulously neutral on abortion. And he actually listed several key major cases where the U.S. Supreme Court bucked stare decisis um, and ruled to correct uh, mistakes like discrimination and things like that. Um, Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, um, is our problem child on the Supreme Court. Um, We don't believe he has the spine necessary for um, reversing Roe v. Wade. As a matter of fact, he seemed to bend over uh, to support um, the liberal members who talked about the importance of keeping uh, precedent on Roe v. Wade. Uh, We do think, though, based upon what he said, that he will support the legislation as constitutional. And, of course, Thomas, he is, oh, he's a rock star on that court. He uh, has come out very publicly in the past, uh, most recently last summer, when he said that our abortion precedents are grievously wrong and should be overruled. So uh, we have a, a great deal of confidence in him. Uh, Amy Barrett, uh, she had previously signed as a professor at Notre Dame um, a, a statement letter during January 28th that Roe v. Wade should be overturned. Of course, it's not the same thing as signing a paper, which many of us did have done every January 22nd, and ruling on a court uh, decision that would change the landscape of America on abortion. But we are optimistic that she and Gorsuch will uh, not only support the legislation, but also support uh, righting this grave civil injustice that we have endured for, it'll be 49 years this January. Yeah. So it, it looks like it looks like it's 6-3 uh, in against or in favor of the Mississippi law. Now the only question is, will Roberts or others... Uh, be those who say let's let's not go all the way and undo Roe v. Wade. Let's just uphold the the sanctions here. But as you said, it, we we've got three. We feel pretty confident are going to say Roe v. Wade is bad law. Two that are questionable but hopeful, and one that is questionable but doubtful. Is that how you'd handicap this? Exactly, that's right. And you know that's what we all need to be in prayer about between now and the end of June when they uh, rule. Uh, What they did after hearing oral arguments, they got together and did a straw vote. So everybody knows where where everybody is at this moment. Uh, They'll start beginning to write opinions. Um, The Chief Justice will probably assign that today even, and they'll begin to to write those opinions. But uh, during that time, um, in the case of Casey in 92, we expected Kennedy to go with us to reverse Roe v. Wade, and at the 11th hour, he caved and did not. So we have to remember that uh, one of Satan's most effective tools is abortion, and he's not going down without a fierce fight. 
So we've really got to be in prayer over these justices and everybody involved in the court decision. Things are encouraging. Uh, I was very encouraged listening to the oral arguments and then doing further research on past writings. But um, as we know in the past, um, the devil's in the details. Brad Mattis from Life Issues Institute joining us as we're talking about what happened this morning at the Supreme Court in the Dodds case, the uh, the Mississippi case about abortion rights. And uh, I, I want to find out what happens if the court does overturn Roe v. Wade. Uh, there are political implications, but there are also uh, abortion implications. We'll talk more about that after a quick break. Uh, stay with us. You're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA. Southern California Live on KKLA. Big day this morning in front of the Supreme Court. Some hopeful signs as the uh, Dodds case was argued, the case from Mississippi, the uh, abortion case, that some indication that the uh, end of Roe v. Wade may be in the works. We've got Brad Mattis from Life Insti- uh, Life Issues Institute on the line with us. And, and Brad, one of the outcomes that could come if the Supreme Court does rule that Roe v. Wade was bad law, if they, to, first of all, to undo precedent is no small thing. They talked a lot about precedent this morning, about stare decisis. And and all of the justices acknowledge that there are times when you when you overturn precedent, but you don't do it lightly. And and they're right about that. We should not just lightly. You, you don't want something that every four years uh, there's a new judge and now we go back and revisit and change law again. That's not the role of the Supreme Court, right? Um, but there the. The Roe decision was so gravely decided that even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a self-described abortion activist, uh, really opposed the Roe decision for doing too much too soon and cutting off the discussion of abortion that was taking place in America. She felt it was going her way. I would disagree. But, um, yes, there are very liberal pro-abortion people who were very unhappy with the way Roe came down. So I think reversing such a poor decision certainly is should be in the future of America. And and assuming that's what happens, if if it goes five to four in that direction, or even uh, six to three in that in that direction, uh, and and by the way, it it's gonna it doesn't matter whether it's five to four or six to three in terms of what the law of the land is, but. Six to three does give it a little more. Uh, there, there's a little more rootedness, a little more substance there. We'd love to see that. If that's what happens, that doesn't mean that now abortion is illegal in the United States, right? That's right, and I'm glad you brought that up, Bob. Because what that does is actually take us back to the pre-Roe v. Wade uh, time, like in 1972 and earlier, when states had the right to govern abortion laws themselves. State legislatures uh, would have the right to pass laws according to the conscience of their citizens. And that's what will happen if Roe v. Wade is overturned. It will not end abortion. It will just take it back to the states. Um, I think beginning 
uh, at the very minimum, we're looking at saving 120,000 babies a year. But, you know, when we go back to the grassroots, that's where the pro-life movement excels. We have always been a grassroots organization, and that's where state legislators are more in tune to their uh, constituents, more accountable to them, as is the governor. So, uh, and we have seen that development in the last several years where uh, conservatives, pro-lifers, have gradually taken over more and more state legislatures and, and governor's offices. So that's where we have to battle it out. Uh, unfortunately, in California, that's going to be one of the most difficult states in the nation, that in New York, perhaps Illinois and, um, and uh, New Jersey. But uh, we will take the battle state by state, and we will not stop until every baby is protected from fertilization on. So uh, there are states that have already taken preemptive measures. State of New York is one of them that has said they're anticipating that Roe v. Wade may come back to the states, that abortion may come back to the states. And New York has already said, bring it on. We will we will uh, allow for abortion uh, up until the moment of delivery in New York. And, and they celebrated in the chambers when they passed that law last year. They threw a party in, in honor of abortion, didn't they? They certainly did. They lit up the skyscrapers in New York City in pink lights and had a big celebration. And I'll tell you what, that was one of the worst things they could have possibly done because it sent a message to the average person across the United States that we could have spent millions of dollars in educational uh, advertising that wouldn't have accomplished what they did. The more we can expose the ugly side of abortion, how extreme the laws are and how extreme the abortion advocates are, the more the people will reject it. And we have seen the advances in medical science, the fact that babies feel pain as early as 12 weeks, conscious pain including the pain of a violent, horrible abortion. Uh, that is, is impacting Americans. Ultrasound, Bob, has changed the minds of millions of Americans. We already have two generations of kids where their first baby picture was an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. And then those are shared in, in working cubicles on refrigerator magnets, keychains, where millions of people have seen the awe and glory of God where he has knit together each one of us in the womb. The issue of fetal pain came up in the oral arguments this morning. With Was it Justice Sotomayor who, who kind of was like, well, uh, we've seen brain-dead people who respond to, to stimulus, so that doesn't mean anything that, that a baby in the womb feels pain. Yeah, and, and one of the things that encouraged me were, were these types of remarks because we know we're, we're winning when the other side gets so snarky. And mm-hmm. Sotomayor uh, dismissed the recent research that shows that babies feel pain at 12 weeks as, a, quote, a small fringe of doctors. And what kicks her off so much is one of Planned Parenthood's key doctors who said we don't have to worry about pain until 28 weeks looked at the new research and evidence and he pulled that back to 12 weeks. Hmm. And uh, that was very hard for them to explain. He responded to the science. 
he responded to the new uh, information and evidence regarding pain, and of course they didn't like that. But you see, Roe v. Wade is based on on medicine and science that is a half century old, and it's time for those flat earth science people to come into the new age, to come into advanced science and medicine as we know it today. Brad, if the um, the Supreme Court rules and strikes down Roe v. Wade, or if they provide any restriction on abortion, even if they just side with Mississippi and, and say we're going to stick with 15 weeks as the uh, as the new threshold and that's acceptable, is this not going to energize in a huge way the pro-abortion forces, the Democratic Party, I mean, I'm just thinking of fundraising. I'm thinking of the the midterms next year and wondering, will we see an energized pro-abortion base come out and uh, and 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 fight back in a way that that swamps uh, conservative viewpoints here? No, I don't think that's going to happen, Bob. I think the opposite is going to happen. Uh, a recent poll shows that 80 percent. Eighty percent of Americans believe abortion should only be legal in the first three months, first 12 weeks. That is huge. Polling on the Texas Heartbeat Act, that's another thing on the horizon of the Supreme Court, uh, continually polls with a majority support. And that's about six or eight weeks uh, ending abortion when you can hear a heartbeat. America is changing and America is is understanding the ugliness of abortion and the beauty of unborn life and the potential for that life. And we do not believe that there's going to be a groundswell of, of pro-abortion people rising up. I think what we're going to see is the opposite. We're going to see pro-lifers rise up and really uh, take this ball as far as they can. It's going to be a great encouragement to them. If the Supreme Court only allows 15 weeks and doesn't reverse Roe v. Wade, that is still an enormous, enormous victory for us in our battle. So I I think this is a win-win situation. We we are going to get an onslaught of of media information coming our way, whatever the Supreme Court does. I mean, we should expect to to hear story after story of uh, people whose lives were were somehow made terrible because they couldn't get an abortion. All all of the uh, efforts of the enemy are going to be pointed at this issue over the next twelve months, don't you think? Well, they they are, and we are doing the same thing. Life Issues Institute has on the horizon a half-hour radio special where we are going to be in the major media markets, including L.A., where we are going to put a face and a name on abortion, where we're going to interview uh, people, mothers and fathers, who have been victimized by abortion, and we're going to hear their heartfelt a cry, if you will, of what abortion did to them and their families. Uh, we are also going to uh, show, uh, put on display, and expose the extreme abortion laws that are in America. As, as um, I believe it was Chief Justice Rank or Chief Justice Roberts said today that we are in the company of China and North Korea as yeah. one of the few countries that legalized abortion up to birth. So, yeah. um, 
This is something that we are not going to step back from. We are going to go full force, and we are going to be out there as much as they are. And we got to wrap this up, Brad. Thanks for the time. I want to point people to your website, lifeissues.org. You wrote a nice piece about the reason for our optimism. It's on the website. Folks can check it out again at lifeissues.org. We're going to talk more about this next week on Southern California Live with Samuel Green, an attorney from here in Southern California who was at the oral arguments today. So we'll continue with this. Thanks for tuning in today, folks, and joining us on Southern California Live. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.